0: All right. So welcome to our uh truth seekers on the first Tuesday of the month. Hope that you had a good Thanksgiving and looking forward to, to Christmas. And uh and I, I know that it to me it's kind of that time of year where I just really don't want to think about anything serious. I just want to enjoy Christmas lights and you know Christmas gifts and all of that. But uh sadly life continues on and I, I think we need to continue talking about what's going on in the in the world around us. And, you know, the last few times with our true seekers, we, we talk about a couple of different things. We talk about current issues, and we do that a lot um, after the first 20, 30 minutes and uh, kind of talk about that. But we also talk about some principles, principles of, of liberty, uh, principles of freedom, principles, you know, kind of the biblical foundational principles that we uh, find uh, that helped found our country, and why it's important to have those now. So today we're going to kind of talk a little bit about both of those, and and I'm in a weird spot with this because I kind of am acknowledging that the this battle has been completely lost, um, and but that can be restarted and won. So it's not a defeatist attitude, but I think you have to be realistic about where we are and what we're going to talk about today. I, I know that many people that may be watching this, many people in churches, um, probably disagree a lot with this and think that it's really no big deal. And if you've been paying attention, um, there's a, a, a bill that is about to be passed. I, I'm praying that you know a miracle happens, but uh, I, in my human eyes, I do not see that. Um, but a, a bill is going to be passed that is going to codify or make into law the that marriage uh is now not just between a man and a woman um but that marriage is between two people basically it's kind of limited at this point to two people um but it's it's very gray there's a lot of gray in the in the bill um and and you may say well what's the big deal about this Uh, which is what most people say by the way um who cares um and you know we, we, that's what we're going to talk about tonight, um, but there is a difference between something being legal and recognized um, by, by the state and then made into law, um, basically changing the definition of marriage. So I don't know when you want to go back and say when marriage became an official uh, institution. Uh, I believe that was instituted by God in the way that He created us. That is where marriage began. Um, and so, for you know five thousand years of recorded history, humans have defined marriage as a man and a woman. right? And now that is officially being changed. Um, and again, I think most people, unfortunately, in my opinion, unfortunately, are at the point where it's like, so, what does that matter? well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. But the reason that I say, in a way that the battle is is lost is is some of the recent polling. Um, you start looking at what are the most important reasons for someone to marry, and eighty eight percent of people say it's for love, followed by making a lifelong commitment at eighty one percent, companionship at seventy six percent. All of those are fine aspects, and hopefully you have that in a marriage. This one though is very telling, and having children is 49% right so in 2020 67% of Americans say that same-sex marriages should be recognized by law uh, as valid Um, so that's 67% in uh, 2020 I think that's up over 70% now Um, that is up from 44% in 2010 so in 10 years you had over 20% swing in that that's that's huge on, you know, something, a societal shift like that uh, is, is, is really big. Um, it says uh, a ma- a majority of adults ages 18 to 44 have cohabited at some point in their lives. So now we're, we've kind of gotten to that tipping point. Um, only 29% of Americans think that it is very important for couples with children to be legally married. So only 29%. 45% among weekly churchgoers think that it's very important, right? I mean, the, the, the thinking on this has changed drastically. So I know I am in the minority. I am an old person now, right? I, 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 I'm now one of them. <laughs> um, also, only 38% say that it is very important to legally marry if the couple wants to spend the rest of their life together uh 67% among among weekly churchgoers. So basically it's just kind of seen marriage as okay it could be important but you know what why bother. That's that's kind of unfortunately the attitude. Now the idea of marriage and what how marriage has been used has changed over time, right? Throughout history and in different uh, places and in different times and under different systems. The one thing that has been the same is marriage has always been considered between a man and a woman. Um, and you, uh, you have, um, for thousands of years, marriages basically were the way that you built economic wealth, that you uh, had alliances, that you grew your family, right? So from a sociological perspective, they were the, the building block. That was how things happened. Um, it was extremely important. Overall, government has had very limited role in marriages for the most part. You do see in Rome um, some laws that were made to actually encourage marriage uh, because they knew the importance of having children and and most societies up until our very enlightened one have uh, have recognized the importance of having children and being able to continue. To the species, right? So, so most throughout history, it was just kind of a given that marriage and family was very important. Um, homosexuality has been around forever, right? Um, but it has never been fully normalized, right? It has been allowed at different times. And then in some countries, it, it has been, you know, outlawed and things like that. There's been different ways that it's been handled, but it's never been normalized right and uh, in fact even in Rome that would probably be the best example um, in Rome you had um, many times people would have a miss it wouldn't be a mistress right but a someone on the side that may be homosexual but they would actually be married because marriage was the building block of society right that was vital and so they would still have children and have that and then on the side they would, you know, practice their homosexuality, right? So it, it wasn't normalized. Um, we know, obviously, all of this stuff begins to change. Um, we get into the United States, um, and we start to see there's, there's a, a strong emphasis on the family. Um, we'll, we'll see a, a couple of quotes uh, here in a moment. But, those, but, but the government starts to get involved a little bit more. And then the more the government has gotten involved, it's led us to this point, right? We would have rather just the government stayed out of it. But unfortunately, because of some stupid things, the government did get involved and do some things that probably most of us would agree needed to be done. For example, in, uh, in 1883, uh, they, the Supreme Court upheld laws prohibiting interracial marriage. And then in 1967, they overturned that. Right, because there would be certain laws that would be on the books that would prohibit you, who you could marry uh, on a racial. St- I think all of us would agree that is that that doesn't and that's not a biblical thing either. By the way, um, that's a, a misunderstanding and a sin thing. Uh, you also had uh, laws in 1862 and then in 1878 um, uh, against uh, bigamy or polygamy. So you saw the uh, government get involved there, and then of course that. Uh, led all the way up to, in 2015, Obergefell versus Hodges, which legalized same-sex marriage um, across the United States. However, it did not redefine marriage. Now, a lot of that is a little bit of semantics, I, I understand. Um, but there is something different that has now been done with the, the eventual probable passing um, of, of this bill. And so th- there's been a lot of other things going on in our society that has kind of led us to this point, the loosening of, d- of divorce laws, no fault divorce, um all of these things are clearly whether whether they were intentional or not and for most people, for most people who are listening to this and like or have already probably tuned out like I don't care about this anymore. It's like n- none of this is is that big of a deal. They ju- they just see it and they don't see any intentionality, they don't have any animosity in their disagreement, um, but all of this is clear in what it's doing. It's weakening the family. It's weakening marriage. Um, and I don't know of many other societies who have intentionally weakened that foundational building block of a society. Um, and and so things like no fault divorce. There, there's reasons for that. However, look at the ramifications, the unintended consequences. Well, it basically made marriage something that you can enter into and then get out of very easily. So it's basically like a dating relationship, right? Well, there's, there's consequences to that. We have uh, the sexual revolution and the hookup culture. If you want to say that, you know, if you don't know what that is, get on Tinder and swipe right and see what happens right we the, the, we 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 have a culture now that that's okay right and by the way i i don't i don't think there should be laws against that stuff i'm not not saying that there is a difference though when you start removing all standards um and you know you so you look at that you look at the rise of contraception uh which there's good things in that but then there's also Oh well, we're gonna we're gonna remove any of the the possible ramifications of your act, and then whenever contraception isn't good enough, well, let's just make abortion where we can do that anytime as well. So make it make it easier to to not worry about any any consequences, and then of course the uh, the the normalizing of homosexuality of, of making it just as equal to to be in a romantic relationship with same sex as with man and woman, right? That, that's never really been done f- before uh, in society, but we are clearly seeing that. Now, before we get to kind of a, a biblical view of this and of what, what is, <laughs> why this is, uh, could be a problem, um, there's some just rational things why this could be an issue. If you are starting to attack or um, basically weaken the importance of the family structure—it's um, going to hurt the interest of a society of a government. Right, like governments, it's actually in their best interest for citizens to have more children. Right now, we don't we don't think about this, and you know, we've been told for a long time uh, that we're overpopulating the earth. Right, and um, and and you know, whenever all we had were donkeys to pull plows and things like that that may have been true but that is not true at all <laughs> now we are not overpopulating the earth in fact we're starting on a uh, to go downward and there are major ramifications for that i know we don't like to talk about boring stuff like taxes and all of that but the tax base is supports your whole system right and and if all of a sudden you have way more people on this side who are only taking and who are too old to contribute to the to the producing, well, all of these tax people, they're the ones that have to support them and society as a whole. Well, if you're not reproducing enough to at least have the same number of people, I, I don't know what that leads to. In my mind, there's going to be problems, right? But we don't even talk about that. right? So it actually is in the government's best interest to even if it allows other forms of unions and civil unions, to still uphold marriage between a man and a woman and the family structure, to still uphold that as the standard. Now we're not going to—we're a free country. We don't force you to live up to that standard, right? But we should be encouraging that. We are actually encouraging exactly the opposite now. Um, the government also has a vested interest in protecting children. What is the best way to protect children? It is for them to have a mom and a dad. Now, can, you, can there not be children that are raised uh, in single-parent households that do very well? Of course they can. not We're not saying that. The ideal, though, is clear. It's the family structure is what is best for children. Well, that is what is best for a government. Because if you start seeing the breakdown of the family, who's going to have to protect those children? The government. Guess who does a really crappy job of protecting children? The government, right? Because it's hard. It's not It's not easy. I'm not, I'm not saying this is because our government is so horrible. It, that's really difficult. You need the family structure to be there to do that. So, and and uh, unfortunately, whenever as a government, you start to uh, diminish the importance of a family, it starts to impact how society views all of this. Um, you also have... <laughs> Um, marriage has lots of societal benefits, right? It keeps people out of poverty. There, I mean, there's all kinds of things. Happiness. People are happier. It's better for society as a whole for marriage to be something that is important and something that is, uh, that we strive to, uh, for. And, and I, I'm not going to get into a bunch, but you can go back and read the founders. Now, did they instill this into the Constitution and into the Bill of Rights that family has to be, you know, uh, upheld at all times? They didn't instill it because they didn't want the government getting involved in all of this stuff, right? However, they recognized that it was vital to the country. The family was the building block. We've talked about Alex de de Tocqueville before, who came over from France just really looked at society. He, he had a couple things to say. He said, uh, There is certainly no country in the world where the tie of marriage is more respected than in America, or where conjugal happiness is more highly or worthily appreciated. Then I thought this was interesting. While the European endeavors to forget his domestic troubles by agitating society, the American derives from his own home that love of order which he afterwards carries with him into public affairs. I thought that's really interesting. And if you start thinking about what's been going on the last 10 years, we've started seeing lots of civil unrest, societal unrest. The family has been breaking down for years, um, but it, it did hit a new gear about 10 years ago. And uh, and we're seeing the, the ramifications uh, of that. So those are kind of some non-biblical <laughs> uh, um, reasons that I think marriage is important. And uh, and so now we we come to what it will be passed. It's called the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, basically, you know, just to to kind of sum it up. It's it not only will codify same sex unions as marriage uh in the federal code, but it will also compel states to affirm whatever other states define as marriage. All right? So so that that can be interesting. And again, right now it does have some language in there that supposedly protects churches. Um and, and I, I can I can see the argument there. However, it does not have language that protects you and your business, or if you want to take your belief of marriage and apply it in the way that you interact with the public, um, it, it certainly does not protect you. There's a couple of uh, quotes, says, uh, religious liberty attorneys throughout America. Now, this is debated, We, you know, people will say yes or no, but Religious liberty attorneys throughout America have warned of the consequences of codifying same-sex marriage as this bill specifically invites activists to file countless lawsuits, crushing religious liberty in America and threatening to shutter Christian foster and adoption agencies dumping thousands of children into the government-run foster care system. Uh, Gregory Baylor, who is uh, senior counsel of the Alliance Defending Fre- Freedom, said this. He said, "Let's be clear, the religious freedom. Protections in the new version of the Respect for Marriage Act are entirely inadequate. While proponents of the bill claim that it simply codifies the 2015 Obergefell decision, in reality, is an, it is an intentional attack on religious freedom of millions of Americans with sincerely held beliefs about a marriage. Now, I <sighs> I'm open to looking at the language in that bill. And saying, and and this is what many people, especially on the Democrat side, will say, no, that is all this is doing is just redefining marriage to make sure that it can never be taken away. Well, for one, I don't know of any legitimate Republican conservative right winger who is is talking about um, passing a law that prohibits people from getting married uh, if they are same sex, right? It's just the main objection is we're redefining marriage, right? And um, the, the thing that I, I would tend to disagree with, with what the this lawyer said, um, or I, I want to disagree with what he says, except that there was an amendment that was proposed by Mike Lee that it was very short, you can read it, and it specifically said in, in very clear terms, this This law cannot be used to take the tax-exempt status of churches, but also individuals. And it can't be used to threaten or to withhold government funding. You know, basically, it was just a very simple thing. This cannot be used to do that to people. And that law, that was not passed, right? So, and what people will say is, oh, well, it was redundant. Um, Well, if it was redundant, why not for the sake of coming together, why not go ahead and pass it? Because then you, you can say, okay, here you crazy right-wingers, now you don't have to worry about it because that's not what we're wanting to do. But maybe it is what they're wanting to do. Um, I I do think um, it will be a little bit before it hits churches, even though I believe the, the lawsuits will be coming immediately uh, because activists are out there. Um, Right now, the Supreme Court just heard yesterday um, a case basically from Colorado. You've heard about the bake the cake thing. This is someone who has a website that does for uh, weddings, said, I'm not going to create a website for same sex. It gets up to the Supreme Court. It's probably at this point, um, they will probably find for her and not the state of Colorado. Um, But this is this is just the beginning now. Once this law is passed, and that it is a law that marriage is the same, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, I don't. I don't know where that where that goes. But there's really there's a lot more ramifications than than just that. This is a, a whole lot bigger. See what I I believe what has happened is that the the government has blatantly said we are God and not God. That's what the government has done. Because marriage is instituted by God. And, and listen, you may, be, you may say, I don't believe in that, I don't believe in God. Well, I hope you're right. <laughs> because if, if not, I don't know what happens when a society basically that has said we, we are forming our society based on an acknowledgement that there is a creator, and that creator clearly is the creator of the family and marriage. That's what's been around for 5,000 years and up till the last 10 years, we finally already ha- apparently just had this amazing awakening. And now we're saying, no, that's not the way. We've been doing it wrong all of this time. And now the government is saying, no, you know what? We don't think God really did it well enough. So we're going to now redefine this. Okay, That has ramifications. And we have seen those ramifications. You see, it it started off in the the LGBT uh, movement, right? That, hey, just let us do what we want to in our own bedroom. Okay, I don't think many people had a problem with that. Fine, It's it's not illegal to do stuff, right? But then that wasn't good enough. That was never going to be good enough, by the way. This is a spiritual battle that we are in. And if Satan can destroy the family, he can destroy society. And so it starts by just, hey, just quit, quit being bigots. Just let us do what we want to do. Uh, it's not going to be a problem for you. Okay, well, that wasn't good enough. Then it was, well, at least let us have civil unions, right? You get all these tax benefits. The government views couples different than individuals. So that's not fair. And so most people were like, oh, okay, okay. Civil unions, were not good enough. No, it needs to be marriage. We need to be exactly the same as the marriage between a man and a woman. Not, not that we're the same as far as the tax code and all the benefits and stuff like that. No, we need to be seen as exactly the same. That's where the tipping point happened, right? And all of a sudden we're there and this is, has major ramifications. I just want, want you to think about 10 years ago, would you have ever thought there'd be a case at the Supreme Court of uh, trying to force a person to bake a cake for a same-sex couple? That, that would have been weird, right? You'd think that, that gets all the way to the Supreme Court? Well, that, that's just one of many that's coming. Ten years ago, did you ever ask the question, what is a woman? Do you think that that question would have been asked to a Supreme Court nominee? And then that Supreme Court nominee kind of laugh and not really know how to answer it because she's navigating these political waters that she knows it's just going to blow up no matter how she answers it. All of this, the family, gender is all wrapped together. And it's it's starting to have major ramifications. Do you think 10 years ago, do you think that we would have ever had a debate about whether children should attend drag queen events and stuff money in the drag queen's g-string. I, I wouldn't have thought that 10 years ago. That's happening now, right? And we're, we're gonna have to debate. Well, is that something we should allow to happen? Or, yeah, stupid. Why are we even having to debate this, right? But we are, and we better wake up. Debate whether to teach children whether they can be a boy or a girl debate whether to teach children and, and to allow children to start going through hormone blockers and major surgeries before they're, before they're 16. Right? These are all things that we wouldn't have even thought about 10 years ago, but this is a spiritual battle and it's been used to, started with attacking what marriage is and what that basic building block is. And it starts to funnel down and, and this has been going on a while. Just and and I know it's uncomfortable, but I I just believe we have to we have to understand this is a mentality that is out there. Uh, this is about uh, some comments from a, a director of Planned Parenthood in New Jersey. Uh, these were comments back in 2015, but they've been echoed um, up now. Planned Parenthood, we we connect it with a, abortion. It's actually much bigger than that. Most of our sex education that goes into schools and stuff like that is connected with Planned Parenthood and pushed from Planned Parenthood. Uh, In 2015, this guy said, "said we're basically we're really all sexual beings from birth to death. All right. So so basically you change that perspective. right. That's that's a pretty unhealthy. He said, And he talked about the fundamentals of teaching sexuality, that you can find this on Planned Parenthood's uh, stuff. It talks about how uh, gender identity is independent from the body parts a person may have. The guide claims that sexuality is a part of life through all ages and stages. So babies, elders, and everyone in between can experience sexuality. It describes this, uh, that toddlers can experience sexuality. It describes it as fact and that comprehensive sex education does not lead to earlier sexual de- debut, right? That it, this, this, won't, this won't impact your children at all by talking about this. Interestingly, the proof of that they use is a, uh, a publication by Advocates for Youth um, that publicized that there's no connection between teaching this stuff to young children and them being confused. Um, interestingly, in 2018, the Advocates for Youth, Uh, got into a lot of trouble for promoting mutual masturbation to grade school kids. So this is a real healthy group. That's the one that is used to justify uh, this stuff. Um, This director said, I think that there's this yearning for information that young people have that hasn't changed. The delivery of how we get information is quite different. I think that the Internet is a major influence on how people learn about sexuality. There's access to erotica and pornography. That was very different for young people 30 years ago. It certainly not as, was not accessible, certainly not as instantaneous. So there's a lot of information that is use, useful. He says some of it is wrong, but there's some good stuff out there as well. He indicated that pornography was, was not the intended primary source of sex education, but that learning about pornography was useful to children just as much as learning to use a condom. Instruction needs to adapt to modern times. Okay. There's a resistance to, if we talk about porn, it is going to make people want to watch it, which is some faulty kind of premise. As we teach about condoms, it's going to make people want to have sex with condoms, or maybe that's not a bad thing. (laughs) He also said teachers shouldn't morally qualify pornography either. By the way, he's talking about grade school here. (laughs) The teacher shouldn't morally qualify pornography either said we need to present opportunities for young people to think about, uh, for example, their values. You know, let's do an opinion activity. Let's do the ethics of porn. And that's not to say that there's a right answer. All right. Now, I know that's disgusting to think about, and we don't want to think about it. But you know what? That's why understanding marriage is important, because you start to attack that foundation, and then Everything blows up, and that's what we're experiencing now. And we're—it's going to be tough. Um, the answer is not in politics. You had twelve Republicans, right, who voted al- alongside of this. You may ask, well, why would it be twelve? You know, at least there's a lot that didn't. Um, no, there was twelve because it gave just enough to give cover, so you couldn't just attack one. Uh, out of all of those twelve, they're either not seeking. Re- uh, um, re election or it's about four years down the road so the, and if you think that it's only 12 republicans who were against this you're crazy right those 12 did that so that numerous others could cover their ass because they're not they don't have the guts to stand up and say you know what we need to at least have some biblical foundation here we need to have some standard because if you don't have a standard then you don't have a standard And you may laugh at that statement, but that's exactly what it means. If you don't say, okay, here's a standard. It doesn't mean you force everyone to adhere to that standard. But if you don't have a standard, there is no standard. And if you start seeing all children as sexual beings, then what is wrong with a child and an adult being sexual together? There is no bottom to this. And I know it's disgusting and I know it's uncomfortable, but Satan is disgusting and uncomfortable, and this is not a political issue. It's much, much bigger than that. And we, as Christians, we need to recognize that, and we need to start over and continually to push back. You know, I guess vote Republican. I I, I don't know what good it does. Maybe ask, do you have a spine, right before you vote for them? Right? I, I I don't know because the answer is not in that. This is not a political gathering that we have here at Truth Seekers. I know it gets labeled that. That's, it's not. We re, we've got to recognize this is a spiritual battle that we are in. And we have to start from the, from the basics of saying, no, here's why a family is important. Right? Because we care about our society. We care about our children. Right? Not because we're against two men getting married. Right? It's much bigger than that. Right? And uh, I just encourage you not to get discouraged, but also don't put your head in the sand. That's, that's, I'm afraid, what a lot of people have done is, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Well, the, it, we're going down the slippery slope really quickly right now. And so be aware, be praying, instill these biblical values in your own family, within your own churches, right? Because God uses a remnant, and the battle is not over, and we have not lost, because God, God will restore. Now, sometimes that can be painful. I would rather it not get to the point where it's painful, that maybe we choose on our own to come back to Him. But it's not going to happen if we don't speak out and if we don't stand for what is true. So thank you so much for joining us for True Seekers, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks.